You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. Okay, we are live with Dr. Jill Kraft from the Center for Vulvovaginal Disorders. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Um, Dr. Jill and I have known each other for a long time, worked with each other for a while, but she went away from the DC area and has come back in the last year or so. Um, and I wanted to bring her on to talk hormones. Um, so maybe if, if you wouldn't mind just kind of telling us a little bit about where you are, what you do, um, and how you got into hormones. <laughs> so I am a board certified obstetrician gynecologist, and I practiced general OBGYN for a number of years uh, before specializing in female sexual pain disorders. Um, so I um, basically, I started a center for uh, female sexual health at a major institution in uh, DC as I continued to practice general OBGYN um, in addition. And then uh, we, uh, our fam my family basically uh, relocated to Texas for my husband's military career. And then I was doing the same thing out there in San Antonio. And then I recently moved back um, and I decided to focus uh, all my practice on female sexual pain disorders only. So I'm very active in research as well as clinical work in this area. And you've been posting like crazy on hormones on Instagram, and I've been just eating it up. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. Yes, it's been a great outlet for me. I was in academics for eight years. And so I uh, was in charge of teaching medical students obstetrics and gynecology. And so now I'm filtering all of that energy and expertise into Instagram to teach yes, I love survivors it. and patients. So it's been a great outlet for me. I've really enjoyed it. And I've gotten a great response. Yeah, absolutely. I actually sent a patient yesterday. I'm like, go check out her Instagram. <laughs> It's awesome. funny, all of my patients who see me, they say, I follow you on Instagram. I know. Great. We don't have to counsel as much. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like if you want every all my 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 stuff on this, this is where we we talk about that. Exactly. Awesome. But it's great because we can focus on their specific individualized questions, which is always very nice. Definitely. Cool. All right. Well, we have some questions. Um, kind of what we're trying to, to tie in is is just hormones and postpartum and kind of some of the myths. So First of all, like what are the most common postpartum hormone questions that you see from a new mom's perspective? And I want to add here too that you have three kids. Yes. Um, so you know this uh, professionally and personally having gone through all of that as well. I sure do. So this has really changed since I've transitioned from practicing as a general obstetrician gynecologist to a sexual pain specialist. So as a general OB, I would see women mainly for their six-week postpartum visit. And the most common questions involving hormones really related to breastfeeding. Um, and especially if they were struggling with breastfeeding, what could increase their milk supply and so forth. Um, I, it's It was really rare to see them after after that six week visit, unless things were really not healing the way that they should. Right. Um, so 
I would occasionally get questions regarding vaginal discomfort or concerns about how their tear was healing. And those questions would either come at the six week visit or then I would see them later for these concerns. Um, but, a, but generally, as a general OBGYN, the advice would be, well, let's give it some more time. Um, that was kind of the general go-to. Um, it's changed now. So as a sexual pain specialist, I often see women who are a little further along in their postpartum and they're having vaginal dryness, pain with sex, um, sometimes related to, to breastfeeding. But these are, these are the patients that I'm generally seeing now. Mm -hmm. And with breastfeeding, with the hormone flux and so on, how long after you stop breastfeeding would a mom necessarily be concerned about hormone levels or when, when should things kind of settle out? Absolutely. Well, the first thing to consider is when's the high time for these symptoms with breastfeeding? And it's not often immediately. Um, we usually see the most dryness and pain with sex symptoms at between three to six months, which may surprise you. You may think that's a little bit late, but actually that's the time when I often see um, patients who have who have these concerns. And then as far as as far as things hormones kind of going back to a pre-pregnancy or a pre-breastfeeding state, it really does take a while. Um, it it's not an automatic switch when someone stops breastfeeding. These levels really slowly decline back to normal states or raise to normal states. Um, and it can take up to a year or it can even take longer. And it really depends how long someone breastfeeds, the duration of breastfeeding, many different factors involved. Gotcha. And you, you do a lot. Um, I'm thinking here with with birth control. And I know that's one of the first things on that postpartum visit. They're talking about getting moms on birth control. Can can that help? Can that hurt? It depends on the type of birth control. Um, when you're talking about a progestin only option, that tends not to increase sex hormone binding globulin. Sex hormone binding globulin is the protein that really decreases the amount of, of androgens. And so those tend to, people do a little bit better. Um, but if someone goes onto a, a, a combined birth control pill, we can sometimes see effects from that too. That's good to know. I, I think that's especially when you're in this weird spot between your kids are, you know, not toddlers anymore and you haven't quite hit the, the perimenopause train yet. Like you're still trying to figure out I'm, I'm done with the postpartum hormones, but what's going on and where's birth control and all this and so on. It's true. Um, and perimenopause lasts for a very long time. I mean, it can, yes. be, it can be a full, you know, 10 years before you hit menopause. And I think a lot of women aren't really aware of all the subtle changes that occur right. in perimenopause um, that they may be attributing to other things that really could be related to that steady decrease in the hormones that naturally occurs. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, a phase I'm starting to see another level of, of women because they might not have had issues or symptoms with leakage or prolapse or anything postpartum. They thought, whoop, I'm totally clear. And then they're at soul cycle one day or something like that and they hop up off the saddle and all of a sudden they have leakage they have no idea why and for me the first thing i'm thinking is oh perimenopause we've got some hormone changes in those local tissues that it kind of 
it's like that first tip of the iceberg that you might have all this stuff going on underneath. So you'll, you'll know when my content switches, when I'm, you know, much more in perimenopause myself. <laughs> it's funny how it reflects where we are in our lives. It does, doesn't it? Like, you, you know, my kids are nine and seven. I'm like, eh, you know, postpartum is, is it, yeah, it keeps going. But those babies, you know, people, people think we're old when we have a nine-year-old. <laughs> so. All right, relaxing, um, you know, and, and kind of piggybacking on that. Like, I think relaxing gets so thrown under the bus is the only thing. And you mentioned, you know, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. Like, what are the myths and where should we really kind of be turning our attention um, as far as other hormones are concerned? So this relates to all of that. I think the most common myth is that women are cleared for intercourse at six weeks postpartum. Mm -hmm. I think this this is actually a, a damaging myth, right? Um, up to 80% of women report pain at eight to 12 weeks postpartum. Yeah. Two to six weeks after the supposed all clear. So I think we really need to really set up our true expectations for this. Um, up to a quarter of women will have pain up to six months postpartum. So when we look, when we frame it this way, um, it really gives us, you know, a little less pressure <laughs> on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and also to know when it's good to see a provider to figure out what may be going on. Um, it's often related to hormonal effects um, related to breastfeeding, not always, um, but often. And I think what women really need to know is there are so many great lubricants and moisturizers and even low dose topical local hormones that can really be helpful. And there's a little bit of fear around that. And I don't think that there should be. Yeah. And I think that brings up a really great point. Um, depending on, I think if, if it's your first, second, third, in the beginning, all of it's so important, getting back to sex, getting back to workouts, all of that. By the time you get to kid number two and three, you can, I think you can push off the sex a little bit longer. Um, and, but we want to get back to those workouts. So if we've got changes that are affecting um, sex and, and whatnot, and they go on that long, we've probably got those hormones that are affecting other things as well. So um, again, to your point, we're not, we're, we're barely cleared at that point, but we can have issues much further beyond and have it still be within the realm of normal, but definitely need somebody to, to check it out for sure. So. Yes. And it's really about doing things that are going to make you feel whole again uh, and and really doing things that are that are good for yourself because then you'll be able to take care of your baby and your family much in a much better place. And that's where intimacy comes in and that's where exercise comes in. Um, there should never be pressure for these things. These things should be looked at as a component of your personhood and your self-care. Yeah, it's I, I've been doing a lot of kind of polling on social media and, you know, it, it, the biggest issue quite often is that comparison trap and the mom guilt and these bigger issues that they end up demonstrating themselves and like over exercising or under, you know, feeling guilty because you're not out there working out and so on. Um, and, and I think, you know, to your point, like these are part of who we are. So it's very important to make sure that you do the things that you need to do to make sure that you can find those outlets. All right. One last question. So when a mom is breastfeeding, they're trying to get back to workouts, little sleep. Um, you know, maybe they're not doing fun things like having sex. Uh, what are possible concerns from a hormone perspective? 
So again, just to reinforce, I think the most important message here is don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, it's really difficult adjusting to a new human, not sleeping, the lack of routine, and really the lack of time to re-energize yourself. So really don't think of exercise as something on the to-do list or create unrealistic exercise targets. And same with intimacy. You know, you don't want to put that on a to-do list or, or, you know, really put a lot of pressure on yourself saying that it's going to ruin your relationship. Right. Um, you know, exercise and sex should be something that you do to re-energize yourself and to make yourself whole. Um, and so, you know, I think when it comes to exercise, especially for breastfeeding, the biggest thing is you want to make sure that you're drinking enough water yeah. and, and that you're taking in enough calories. Yes. Um, if there is really rapid uh, weight loss, which often happens after delivery, especially if you're breastfeeding and you resume a workout routine, um, that can have detrimental effects on your milk supply. Um, so you want to make sure that everything is gradual um, so your body gets used to the new state. Exactly. Yeah, we're actually, I'm going to have um, somebody come on and talk about Red's syndrome where over-exercising, you're trying to lose the baby weight, you, you're not eating enough to handle the breastfeeding and that sort of thing. And and I don't know that moms necessarily realize that you can end up with, you know, uh, stress fractures and, and things like that, that, that aren't good. Um, so I think the more information we can get out about nutrition, sleep, you know, the things that are going to help you get through this period of time um, and keep you whole, like you said, are, are very much where we need to have a little bit more emphasis as opposed to the, the comparison game of, of who's doing what by six weeks on Instagram. So absolutely. Awesome. awesome. All right. So if you want to know a little bit more uh, from Dr. Jill, you can find her on Instagram at JillCraftMD. And you're also working on a website. Yeah. Yes, so I did launch it. Um, so I, it's www.jillcraftmd.com. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take my Instagram posts, which are basically educational mini blogs, and put them into actual blogs. Um, awesome. Same length, but it makes it searchable. So you can really find what you're looking for, um, which awesome. I think is a benefit of having it in blog format instead of on social media. Um, and then you can also find me at the Center for Vulva Vaginal Disorders in Washington, D.C. And you can learn more at www.cvvd.org or um, vaginismus.com. And we have a lot of great information on our website um, as far as education goes, as well as full text articles for any patients or providers out there that really want to dive deep into any subject. Awesome. So if you want to know hormones, if you want to know vaginal pain, you definitely want to follow Dr. Jill. So thank you so much for, for you know, putting that information out. And you're also an amazing voice for women and moms in medicine. And I want to thank you for doing that as well. So thanks. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. Register now for the free on-demand postpartum mama masterclass how to overcome the three most common return to run mistakes. You can skip to the good part and get back to running while missing these mistakes. Find this and more free resources under the patient section on carriepagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.